When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. First and Pod, Danny Parkins, Andrew Filippone, Spencer Ray producing. We are going to start getting into some off-season content. We obviously will always start if there is huge news. There is not really huge news as we record this on a Thursday, Pony. So I think we're going to do biggest questions for teams and go through divisions, one AFC, one NFC, as we go. And we can start in the North. What do you think the biggest news is since we last did a pod? The enemy officially getting the Washington job? Yeah, I would say the um, I would say some of the reporting in the ESPN article today on Lamar Jackson is a good starting point. I know we'll do every team in the North divisions, but I think they're reporting that every time the Ravens made a contract offer to Jackson, his counterproposal was a deal that was more money guaranteed than Deshaun Watson every time is a huge, huge story. Gigantic story, actually. So let's think about this. Is he wrong? Like I know he doesn't have an agent, but objectively, he has accomplished more in the NFL than Deshaun Watson has. Correct? Yes. I mean, Watson, his best passing season is better than Lamar's best passing season, right? Nearly 5,000 yards in a Bill O'Brien, 5,000 yards, or no, nearly 5,000 yards, 4,800 yards in in a Bill O'Brien offense when he was 23 years old. But Lamar's got an MVP, he's got a playoff win, and he doesn't have scandal. So... I know it's unconventional for him to have his own agent to to be his own agent and teams hate it. And I know that the league is revolting against what the Browns did for Deshaun Watson because they hate the precedent that was set by the fully guaranteed deal. But he's not wrong to ask for more than Deshaun Watson. He's not. And the Ravens aren't wrong to say no, that it was an outlier contract. And so that's the stalemate that we find the you know Jackson and the Ravens in and I don't think that another team is going to get desperate enough 
to trade for Jackson and then give him that contract. And I think if you trade for him, you know, you you can't trade for him right now unless you have a deal done with him. So my, my hunch at the moment is Lamar Jackson is going to end up back in Baltimore next year. And I think it's going to get really messy. And I think there's a really good chance he doesn't show up until right before the season starts, which would be fairly unprecedented for a quarterback because he's playing on the franchise tag and doesn't want to get hurt in camp or the preseason, which is his right. But it's a new offense and a new offensive coordinator. And that's going to put them way behind the eight ball. And I don't think that's going to put him in position to have a great year. Well, and I mean, listen, I agree with you on the trading forum part, right? Two, twofold. One, you certainly don't trade for him without the contract signed because you're going to be giving up a lot. Like Baltimore's not going to give him up for anything less than, you know, a hundred cents on the dollar. Like they're, they're going to want premium draft compensation. So if you're giving up premium draft compensation to get a franchise quarterback in his mid twenties, you're not doing that if it's potential that he's going to leave. So that's that part of it. But where is the compromise here? Like if, if the Ravens say publicly they want it done and Deshaun and, and, and he won't break on the Deshaun guarantee money, what's the compromise? Is it a short deal fully guaranteed? So like less guaranteed money, but a fully guaranteed deal. And hey, man, bet on yourself. We'll make we'll give you Aaron Rodgers 60 million per year which is crazy. He doesn't deserve that either. But but we'll only do it for 3 years. Or you know like what what's what's the compromise here? How creative are they going to have to get? But why but why would he take why would he take that deal that only guarantees him say what you're saying a 3-year deal at like 100 well, yeah because because you yeah, what, because what it, it seems like he wants to set some sort of new standard. You you could say, we're not going to give you a fully guaranteed deal and reset the market for guaranteed money, but we will make you the highest paid quarterback by year and just not commit to as long. I don't is, think he'll is, do that. Is that a compromise? It is, but I don't think he'll do that. That's why if I were the Ravens at this point, I would play some hardball with him and I would give him the non-exclusive tag. And I would basically dare a team to negotiate the Deshaun Watson deal with him or to get him to try to budge or back off of that. And if they do, congratulations, we can match that deal if we want, or we'll take the two first round picks and go. And if it's a team like, if it's a team like um, Carolina that does that, then you're talking about a top ten pick in this year's draft. So that's how I would play it. If I yeah, were you know the team has the leverage always, and the the thing is, man, and we've talked about this over the course of the year. Lamar's best is best player on the field, but. It hasn't consistently been that through some fault of his own and some fault of team building. We want to see him with a number one receiver. And I wouldn't want my team to give him $250 million fully guaranteed and lock him in for sure 
for five seasons with no flexibility whatsoever. You know, like he isn't a complete made guy. Now, by the way, neither is Deshaun. So I, I get what he's saying, but the only guys that I would be really committed to doing that with are the young passers that, you know, Mahomes, obviously Burrow, obviously, you know how I feel about Herbert and Allen already got his deal. Not that Mahomes didn't get his deal, but you know, I, I think the list of guys that I'd be comfortable with my team handing out a Deshaun Watson type contract to, I don't think it goes more than five deep. So do you think that, that Jackson is back in Baltimore next year? Yeah. Yeah. Because again, the team, the team, they, they, I believe that they want him on a new deal or on the franchise tag. Maybe on the tag. I, I, I believe that they want him, and I think that it's definitely in play that he sees it through to its conclusion and sits it out. But man, you'd be taking some. It'd be like a Le'Veon Bell situation almost. Yeah, that's what I keep thinking about with him. That if he shows up a few days before the season starts, which is what Bell did his first year, you know, it's easy for a running back to jump right back in. It's not easy for a quarterback. You know, Dak and Kirk Cousins and these guys got the tag and they just showed up and they went all the way through it, but they played the position differently. They didn't, they have they had they didn't miss two consecutive seasons at the end of the year where they weren't in the lineup for that team's last game. And, you know, I think the Ravens, at least publicly, are trying to make it sound like they respect it and they understand what happened with Jackson. They really think he was injured. So it doesn't seem like on their end there's any, like, bad blood or resentment towards the way he handled things. But Jackson puts out these Instagram posts. I don't know if he's just messing with people. I don't really understand what – is it just to troll people or is it really a passive-aggressive thing that he's doing with the Ravens because I don't think it's just a Ravens issue. I think all with, you know, I think the other 31 teams in the NFL, I don't think a single one of them would give him the Deshaun Watson contract. I don't think it's just anger towards his employer. I think every team would make the same call. The Ravens are right now. We don't want to give you that contract. I agree. Did you agree with my list? Because, I mean, Browns fans can't even be happy with giving it to Deshaun. Yeah, I. they can't. They can't because of, like, everything that went. Uh, yes, they can't because of everything that went on off the field with him having missed a year. He looked like shit this yeah. year. Of course I mean, I, I, really, I really think the list is four deep. Well, that like, was going to get me to my next question offseason about the Bengals. Would you give Joe Burrow that contract if he asks for it this offseason? Yeah, but they won't. Agreed. Why? Uh, I think that what Jamar Chase said on NFL Network at the Super Bowl got coverage, but did not get nearly enough coverage. When he was asked about keeping all the weapons together, and he said, you know, I think that Joe's already made a lot of money and is going to make a lot of money and isn't too worried about that, and he wants to keep the team together. I think that Burrow... I don't know the order of it, but I think that Burrow is going to do something fairly unconventional where he'll end up getting comped to Brady with Brady taking less money. And he is going to do something to allow both Chase 
and Higgins to get paid earlier. And I'm not saying he won't sign, but I could see him taking a, however they decide to do it, front-loaded or back-loaded, or something like it's a three-year deal where there's some sort of option or escalator, or he does something creative where he ties his contract to the cap as it goes up. Like I, people keep saying that T Higgins is going to get traded, man. They're a Super Bowl contender. They're one of the five favorites to win the Super Bowl. It It's not, it's not like the Titans with AJ Brown. So I think that Burrow cares about winning. I think that he is confident and cocky as hell. He said, our window is my career. I think he means it. But that means this first version of the window is when Higgins and Chase are in their prime. And it's rare to have the best wide receiver duo and a top three quarterback in the NFL, the second best quarterback in the NFL, all on rookie deals. It's insane. It's probably unprecedented, honestly. So I I think he is going to do something. I don't think Jamar Chase says it the way he said it. Whenever NFL players are asked about other guys' contracts, they're like, that's between, that's for them, the team, and their family. It's a business decision. Like, we support him. Like, all NFL players want all NFL players to go get their money. Jamar Chase was like, Joe's not worried about his money. So I, I think something unconventional is about to happen in Cincy where all three of those guys are going to get paid and be happy. Uh, we were some of those people that were talking about the Higgins trade. Yeah. And I, I, I've not gotten the impression in the last couple of weeks since the season ended that that will happen. But as far as Burrow goes, I feel like his confidence and cockiness is so much so that I feel like he doesn't think he needs Higgins or Chase necessarily to win. Oh, Which I don't know not, about that. Really? I don't think he's dumb. Uh, I don't know. The way he acts as far as off the field and the things he says, I'm not ruling out that he thinks I'm the best, so pay me like it. I'm not, I'm I'm not, the- I'm not ruling it out. I just think that Jamar Chase, what he said is out of character for NFL players, not necessarily for Jamar Chase. That is an out of character thing to say about a teammate's contract negotiation. And remember when NBA players started doing the one-and-one deal? They would sign a one-year deal for the max and a player option for the same amount of money, but they never have – the only way they would kick in the option is if they, like, ruptured their Achilles, you know? But they it was was to keep the team honest, but it was to give them flexibility for injury protection. But they knew that, like, every year – I'm Kevin Durant. I'm LeBron James. I'm st- I'm the best. I will be able to. The cap will go up, and I'll take more money. Like, I it wouldn't surprise me if Burrow did something like that, some sort of like really short term. I'm going to work with you guys to keep this together and pay my guys. I just I th- I think that's how this is uh, because man, most teams don't do what the Titans did with AJ Brown. The, the Seahawks re-signed DK Metcalf, Washington re-signed McLaurin, the Niners re-signed Debo. Like, and I, I know what's unique about this is that all three guys have contracts up. 
and Chase and Higgins are on the same team and those other guys were the clear number ones on their team, I, under, I understand the difference. But those other teams, other than the Niners, were not Super Bowl contenders. Like you don't, you don't break up, you don't trade a top three player on a Super Bowl team when he's young. You just, it's just not done. The, the Bengals have a weird way of operating, though. It seems like some of that has changed. They have paid some of their own players, and they've gone into free agency more lately. We are talking about uh, an organization that up until the last few months, I think they're constructing it finally, but didn't have an indoor practice facility. I mean, they are behind the times in a lot of ways. No, it's a good point because there is there is the escrow thing. Depending on how you know you have your your owner has to be able to say that I've got enough money liquid to to justify right. and cover the guarantees on contracts, and they are among the poorer teams in the NFL. So, so it's but still. So I I just wonder. That's fine. You know, you want to keep your best player happy, but I also would not be surprised if Mike Brown looked at it like. We've drafted wide receivers well. We've gotten Boyd, Higgins, and Chase through our own scouting. Instead of paying this guy, I'd rather flip him for picks and trust Joe Burrow to win. I'm not going to get rid of Chase, obviously, but I'll get rid of the second receiver and hope that we draft the next T. Higgins and we get him for a lot less money as we go through the AFC North teams and then we'll get to the NFC North biggest question of the off season is Kevin Stefanski on the hottest seat of any coach in the NFL? Uh, let's think about this for a second. Kevin Stefanski, since they had that playoff win, his teams have underachieved the last two years. Now he got a little bit of a pass, probably this 2022 season, just because They didn't get Deshaun Watson until the 11th game. And offensively, they overachieved with uh, Jacoby Brissett, but their defense was a disaster all year. And they ended up firing two out of their three coordinators in the offseason, which I think the next step once that happens is if you have another down year, the head coach goes. If you look at the teams that that retained coaches in the offseason, Danny, how many of them – go into a spot like Stefanski where if they don't make the playoffs, the coach is probably going to be fired. Dennis Allen in New Orleans. Is Mike one McCarthy. Of those, Mike McCarthy. My, my, Mike McCarthy was my, was the obvious one. And then. But didn't, didn't Jerry Jones, you brought up a quote from Jamar Chase. How about the Tom Landry quote from Jerry? And now Sean Payton's off the market. Right, but when he when he lets Kellen Moore go to the Chargers and Dan Quinn's sitting right there and he keeps passing on even interviewing for anybody else, at some point Dan Quinn's going to take a job too if he doesn't become the next Cowboys head coach. And if the offense steps back and the Chargers offense steps forward and it was like, oh, McCarthy was the problem. Like I, I think letting Kellen Moore go – and McCarthy being like, don't worry, I'll call the plays. Like, that's just so ripe for scrutiny, leading at, like, ESPN in first take every single day. Like, everything he does is good. I mean, it's always hyper I think he wanted it that way. I think he wanted – I think he pushed more out. No, I, I, I know, but I'm saying, like, your chips are in, man. Yeah. 
like with, with that comes consequences. But yes, you'll get more credit, but you'll also get more blame. So I think Stefanski's on the short list, but I I think I would start with Mike McCarthy. Do you think that the Browns have to win a have to just make the playoffs for him to keep his job? Probably. I, I think I think that's probably what the what what it would take. I mean, people will look at that division and say, "Why why can't they be the second best team in the division?" Especially and, if the Ravens thing is messy. Yeah. Especially if that situation with Lamar Jackson, you know, causes more strife the, there. The only the and the only like shield that Stefanski will have is that you know he didn't trade for and he didn't sign Deshaun. So like if Deshaun is bad, if he if 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 somehow that happened, that seven hundred days away from football, the mental anguish of it, whatever the case may be, if somehow Deshaun Watson is seen as the overwhelming biggest problem, the coach probably still falls because the quarterback's contract is fully guaranteed, as we already have discussed. But he might be able to get out of there with some of his reputation intact. If if everyone's like, ah, well, it was just the quarterback. No, I think it's a Nathaniel Hackett situation. I think they've got so much invested in in Watson that if Watson has a bad year, the coach will get fired for it. And I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll, he'll, he'll be an offensive coordinator somewhere next year because people will still respect him as a play caller, but his head coaching days will be over. What about your Steelers? I was surprised by this question that you put in there. Yes. It's a very pertinent question here. Is it? Okay, so would you give Mike Tomlin a contract extension? Let me just give you the out of town. I don't read the Post-Gazette every day. When I read this, I was kind of under, like, I didn't even know his contract was up. The Bears don't even tell us how long the coach or general manager contracts are for. The guy's never had a losing season. I was under the impression that the Rooney's never fire coaches. They They don't. They take such great pride in it. I was under the impression that it was like he has a lifetime contract. No, this is the time he's got. I think he's got a year left on his deal after this one. So this is the time where they extend their coaches when they have two years left on their contract. So this is when they do it with Tomlin. They either give him another two years or they give him a three-year deal. Or I think one time in his his career, they gave him only a one-year extension. What's the argument for no? He's gone six years without a playoff win. And any coach in the NFL who was hired this offseason, if that coach went six years without a playoff victory, he wouldn't get an extension. He would be fired. Well, right. But his career didn't start six years ago. But why but but why are things that happened in 2008 relevant to 2023? Well, it's just it's it's proof that he is capable of getting it done whereas if a coach got hired tomorrow and didn't win a single playoff game for 6 years, he didn't forget how to win playoff games. He didn't become a worse coach unless I don't know about won. that. I think coaches can. You don't yeah, think if coaches they, can. if they don't if they don't evolve you're if they don't evolve with the times if they, Their you know, strategy was to run the football and play defense and try to win games 17 to 13. That is the very definition of not evolving with the times. Uh, listen, I think the idea of like playing to your defense based on Pittsburgh's roster is obviously the correct one. You are very high on Kenny Pickett. You think he's the next Joe Burrow. That, is a, mi- that is a minority opinion. 
from from where I sit. People think he looks good and promising, but it did not look like that was an offense that was built to go four wide every play and throw the ball 50 times a game and spread it all over the field. That's not what the personnel dictated, right? But they, but the head coach assembled the roster that way, which goes back to what you said before. They built a team on purpose that spent $108 million on defense trying to win in today's NFL with defense. I mean, that I would be crushing that all the time. I right, agree. and the head coach has more power than anybody else in the organization. That's not the GM's call. That's the head coach's call. Well, that's also abnormal. So, you know how, like, in, in, if you're watching a game uh, and people will do, like, the fourth down bot or the punt surrender index, and yes. they give you the math, but the, a much simpler way to measure if a decision was right or wrong is, what does your opponent want you to do? You should do the opposite. If the Steelers fired Tomlin tomorrow, and I know they don't, and this is a slightly different question, but if they fired sure. him tomorrow... Of the 31 other teams, how many teams do you think would fire their coach to hire Tomlin? Is it 50%? No, not even close. Not even close? No, maybe one or two. Oh, you are high. Really? Dude, his reputation is spectacular. Good. Let me ask you this question. If Brian Dable and Mike Tomlin both got fired tomorrow, who would be more? Who would be a more attractive hire? I would want Dable. Exactly, because you're smart, and that's where the NFL is going. I don't believe that. Really? I don't. I think the NFL has progressive coverage of its league and smart people within its league, but the power brokers, the, the 31 people that attend the owners' meetings, okay. are are largely archaic, old-school, conservative white billionaires who would be thrilled to hire the disciplinarian head coach who's never had a losing season. They'd be thrilled. But that goes against what you said two, two minutes ago, which was that's not the type of coach you want in today's NFL. That might be what conservative owner wants. But that's who makes the hire. Okay, but you, but from from what I said was that in today's NFL, I would not give him a contract extension because of his overall philosophy as a head coach in 2023. Now, I other, agree with you. But, but I think we overestimate the number of teams. Like, there are a lot of teams that now have young offensive head coaches. You're telling me that those teams are going to fire their head coach? To hire Mike Tomlin? How many teams would fire their head coach to hire Bill Belichick? Probably not as many as we think anymore because of how old he is. I don't think there would be. I mean, there would probably be maybe five or ten tops. Would the Packers fire Matt LaFleur to hire Mike Tomlin? No, but he also had like the best win percentage through the first 50 games of any coach in NFL history. Okay. Um, with the Seahawks the fire would. Pete with this. Okay. Cause they've got Matt Eberflus. That was not a good hire. Would the, would the Seahawks fire Pete Carroll for Mike Tomlin? Yes. Really? He's won a yeah, Super Bowl more recently and he had a better year last season, but they'd get younger. Okay. Fair point. Would the Lions fire Dan Campbell for Mike Tomlin? No. 
There you go. I rest my case. Would the Vikings fire O'Connell? I don't think so. Oh, I see. I disagree. Dude, I I mean, the Saints would hire him. The Panthers would hire him. Um, With the Dolphins? No. Dude, I, I think I think you With are. With the Bengals? No. With the Ravens? Probably not. But the Browns would. Yes, they would. With the with you the Jaguars fire. Two. Okay, I was I I was off a little bit. So <laughs> yeah. maybe it's more like five. No, it's no, it's it's significantly more than that. And yeah, way, can... I'm not saying that, that that they would be that they would be right or you are wrong in your assessment of Tomlin and where he stands in like modern NFL thinking hierarchy, but like leader of men shit still plays in the NFL and man I know you're like known as the Mike Tomlin hater of Pittsburgh and it's like a it's it's a contrarian opinion right are you the only no, it's opinion? not it's not Danny they've gone six years without a playoff win they've won three playoff games in 12 years and they were against Matt Moore AJ McCarron in a game where they didn't score a touchdown so of the last- six hosts on your station how many people do not think Mike Tomlin's a good coach that's not what I said. That's what I'm how asking. Many think, how many don't think he's a good coach? Probably zero. How many How many don't think he's a great coach? I would say five or six. Interesting. Which Do you agree his, that the perception of him outside of Pittsburgh is that he's still a great coach? The national football media thinks he walks on water. That's yeah. the bottom line. In his last three playoff games as a defensive coach, he's given up 42... 48 and 45 points. That's not good. He got boat raced by Blake Bortles at home. He got down 28 nothing to Baker Mayfield in a team whose coach was in his man cave watching the game. <laughs> so will they announce publicly that they extended him? They will. Yeah, they'll probably do it at training camp. Okay. Let's go to the NFC North. Speaking of Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions. Yep. Do you view them as a Super Bowl contender? The odds makers do. The odds makers really do. Because I think I think the feeling is that they're going to be about the same type of team on offense. Give or take a role player or two, a complimentary player. And they're going to bring in guys on defense, dudes on defense, both in the draft I don't think the Jalen Ramsey thing is going to happen. I know a lot of Lions fans want that, that they think something's going to happen with Jalen Ramsey in L.A. But that now seems like more of a pipe dream. Um, but they'll spend some money on defense. And so they'll look like a Super Bowl contender. You know, I think they'll have <clears throat> they'll have the kind of um, – they'll have the type of uh, analysis done on them that was done on the Eagles this offseason. Where it's like the roster is really good. And they're in the right division and they're in the right conference. I bet their over-under will be like nine and a half wins or something like that. I think the entire world will be on the over and will think that it's their year. And my thing will be, I don't 
know if Jared Goff is capable of doing it in back-to-back years. So that will be my hesitation on them. Yeah. So we're pretty much in lockstep. Um, I think that what they have is pretty real, though. I'll be honest with you. Like, the people that I know that follow the Lions very closely say that Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, not even taking head coaching interviews and just going back is massive. And he had the Lions offense operating at a crazy efficient level. And there's an expectation that they are going to be hyper aggressive this offseason. That like if T. Higgins was available, they might trade one of their first round picks for him which is kind of crazy because they need so much defense, but that like, yes, they have James, uh, Jameson Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown, but let's go all in and let's play to our strength and the dome and the fast track and be the number one offense in the NFL. Uh, I think that they should use multiple first round picks on defense. They were, I think fifth from the bottom in scoring defense last year, but they do have some pieces. They need secondary help. Um, they've got some good pass rushers, obviously Aiden Hutchinson. I think Kaminsky is a very underrated player. Um, they could use a run stuffing three technique, you know, in the, in the middle, but they, they're good, man. I, they, they seem to buy into the culture. I know you laughed at me about that with Dan Campbell, but they were very resilient and came on in the second half. I think that that was well-founded. They clearly have some schematic edge on offense. Yeah. And Goff's game log is crazy. His Just in terms of games with 300 plus yards and no interceptions. Like he he moved the ball and took care of the ball and threw to guys who were often schemed wide open. So especially if Rodgers leaves, we know the Packers have problems with salary cap. And if Rodgers leaves, they'll be rebuilding. Fields and the Bears are a question mark and have potential, but are probably still a year or two away, just given the sheer number of holes on the roster. And the Vikings were the first 13-win team that we've ever seen that was objectively bad. They were 27th in DVOA. So it could be the worst division in football, where they could have a clear path to the playoffs and a home playoff game. And so if they are aggressive and have a successful offseason and have some good health, why couldn't they be the second best team in the NFC going into the year behind Philadelphia? Like I, I get the hype, but I agree with you. It's going to be a very popular team. I think they might've made a mistake in keeping Aaron Glenn as their defensive coordinator. I know that there was some conversation about him as a head coach, which I really didn't fully understand because their defense was so bad. Right. But given the defensive coordinators who became available, you know, if you're so you're so confident in your offense, they're going to get Monday morning quarterback to death if their defense is a coaching issue next year. If they have good like the Vikings who we're going to get to in a, in a little bit. I thought the Vikings, I thought the parts were greater than the sum. Like I thought they had better players than their final product. Yeah. Like it didn't make sense to me given some of the veterans on defense and some of the guys they had, how bad they were. And if the lions improve their personnel 
and they're still near the bottom of the league, then I think the question is going to be why didn't Campbell look to improve the coaching with Fangio and Brian Flores and Vance Joseph and guys like that available? Why didn't he make more of an attempt to shore up the defensive side of things for them? So it'll be their odds like it. it it's going to be correlated with what happens in Green Bay, which is who we'll talk about now. They're the. Do you are, do you agree? Is it right that they're the team that they're the team that missed the playoffs with the best odds for next year? Does that sound right to you? Among non-playoff teams in twenty twenty two, the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any other non-playoff team that would have better odds than them? I mean, you could make a Rams argument. The Rams are 30 to 1, the Lions are 25 to 1. Yeah. So, where anyways. are No, I wouldn't I was I, I was thinking Broncos. Broncos are 35 to 1. Okay. Yeah, that no that, that feels right. That feels right. Um do you buy the reporting that the Packers are over Aaron Rodgers? Well, it comes from Bob McGinn, who's covered them forever. And he's not somebody that just throws shit against the wall. So I'm going to say yes. But I'm going to say yes because of that and because common sense. Dude, he's insufferable. <laughs> you know what, though? I've I've had, just like he had his awakening and had his epiphany moment in that little hobbit house that he was in for four days which looked way more luxurious who the hell was paying two. oh he left early you left early what a prick i know he went in on a monday came out wednesday <laughs> yes i hope i hope mcafee grills him on that i do too when he has him on what happened there what what caused him to he couldn't, no iPad, no no phone, no porn. You know, he needed uh, porn, to be, uh, we, we had a comedian on the show today who said he just needed to be back in the, he couldn't stand the thought of people not talking about him. So he had to come out early. But I think people were talking about him when he was in there. Yeah, I know. It was a joke. Uh, did you laugh? I did. I did. Did you feel obligated to laugh because he's a comedian? Yeah, but he's a good yeah. guy. Friend of the show. Pat McGann. Uh, he opens for Sebastian. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but the epiphany I've had on him is that I think if he's if he's motivated, I could see him go into the Jets and having a big year. I really could. Well, I think if I he could, goes, I think if he goes somewhere else, he's gonna be motivated. And if he goes to Green Bay, he obviously should be motivated. And I think that he takes some unnecessary shit for caring about his mental health and having other interests. And I think he takes a ton of deserved shit for the weird COVID stuff and not helping the younger receivers along. And, you know, like I said, he's insufferable. But well, the point that I think it was, might've been Robert Griffin who made this point. If it's not, I apologize for putting this on him, but about how Mahomes got together with these new ads, MVS and Juju, like so early to try to build a rapport and chemistry with them in the offseason. Like as soon as they signed 
he got together with them and they were working out before minicamp and stuff. And he was really committed to like getting on the same page with those guys. Rodgers didn't do any of that. Right. So, and I, and I do like, that is one thing I get it. It's their off season, but I do think that that's one thing you can give a guy shit for, especially when he's making that amount of money and they're not bringing the same group of wide receivers back. I think that's a perfectly valid complaint to have about what he did last offseason. Dude, this is anecdotal. I know, I mean, I know a lot of Packers fans. My my brother, my nephew, my dad's whole family's from Wisconsin. Like, they're over it. They are over it, man. Yep. They are over it. Um, now he'll get cheered. You know, it's 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 among it's arguably the most loyal fan base in sports, like when you actually put the uniform on, but they are over the drama and they also have an arrogance to them where they believe we went from Favre to Rogers. We'll go from Rogers to love and they don't know how the other half lives, you know, but yeah, he is, he is not popular in the off season. He's popular when he puts on the helmet, but he is not popular in the off season. So I, I do not think it would be, uh, a sad goodbye or tears on the internet if they got him off the payroll and got him into New York. I think they'd be just fine. As Do you buy love? I'm no. At some point they're going to bust out. And I think that they've waited so damn long and they didn't develop him. You know, they didn't give him an opportunity that I don't think he's going to suck. I mean, he showed glimpses. But I think it's overwhelmingly more likely that he's bad than he's good. I'm fascinated by if for some strange reason he's good and their own evaluation of him before last season was that he was not good enough. That's why they gave Rodgers the extension. Yeah. What would be funny is if he's good, is the new thing like let's have our first round quarterback sit for two years. Like, do we see teams revert back to that just because the Packers have unbelievable luck when it comes to making their quarterback sit? It's insane. I mean, listen, I, I agreed with paying Rodgers. Like, he fucking won MVP. Yeah. Like, and and by the way, I still think he's very good. I don't think he was among the three or four biggest problems on the team this past year. But he... Mm, I would disagree with that. Yeah, I know most people seem to, but but he's I think that he with the right motivation in the right headspace is still a great quarterback and probably is still the best quarterback in the NFC. All due respect to Jalen Hurts. Um if he's actually locked in, but there's no guarantee at all that he would be. All right, two more teams in the uh, NFC North. We're doing biggest questions for uh, Northern Divisions. We'll keep it moving next week uh, for – we'll do South or West or East. Who knows what we'll do. Do you feel feel like the Vikings feel more like a team that will win a playoff game or finish in last place? Oh, man. Oh, this is I easy for me. You're going to say last? Yeah. Why? Give, give me the elevator pitch. I mean, if you believe in any of the advanced metrics, they were a bottom 10 team in the NFL. They were 27th in DVOA. They they just get older. 
You know, like I, they had everything in the world go right for them in terms of one score games and injury luck and all of that this year. And Rodgers goes back to Green Bay. The Bears take a leap with Fields year two in the system. And the Lions are legit. And they have some negative regression. Like, if they just played to their stats, they would have finished third this year. They Obviously, they were better than the Bears. But if they just played to their stats, it would have, you know... They, they would have been okay behind Detroit. <clears throat> Here's the devil's advocate. If Brian Flores just makes them a league average defense, what kind of team are they? They're not winning 13 games again. That was clearly a fluke. But if they have the same exact offensive production, which doesn't seem like it was as lucky, like I think they were probably right where people expected them to be as an offensive team. Pretty healthy, right? I mean, Bradbury, the center, got hurt at the end. Pretty healthy. He's a free agent. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. But, I mean, if it's if it's Cousins and Jefferson, Cook and Madison, and decent offensive line, and whoever, whatever else, Osborne and Hawkins, Hawkinson's back. You know, if they're yeah. with their coach, if they're a top 10 to top 12 offense, and they're closer to like 20 or 15 defensively, which I think is doable in the NFC. I can see them winning a playoff game. Yeah. I think, I think they could be nine and eight and win a playoff game next year without breaking a sweat. I, you know, they're one of those weird teams for me that like, let's say instead of 13 games, let's say instead of winning 13 games, they lost 13 games. And the roster was the same exact way it is now. I think people would look at them as a trendy team for next year. Yeah. If they had, if they had lost. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. I understand. What you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. But that's, I mean, like, isn't that like a lesson one of economics buy low, sell high. Yeah. But there's also like the gambler's fallacy that like what happened on the last Right. Coin flip is going to affect the next one. Which is like, oh, well, they had a lucky year. That means they're due for an unlucky year. No, maybe they'll just play to their level, which to me is like, what are they? Maybe well, no, but, top- but, that, but that was my point, though. But play, playing to their level based on the metrics suggested that they were a bottom 10 team. Um. Well, if you go by DVOA, I, you'd be right about that. If you just... Point differential? Well, yeah, they got, I mean, they got blown out in some games, which yeah. skewed that, but the numbers are the numbers. 17 game sample. Sure. To, but I mean, on, blowout teams too. I got you. But I mean, on paper, if I'm ranking teams in the NFC, I would say that they're probably maybe fifth or sixth on paper. Who's better? Niners, even with their quarterback questions. Yeah. Eagles, Eagles. Cowboys, three. Um, Lions, four. I can't definitively say Packers if Jordan loves their quarterback. Rams. Okay. Five. Are the Giants better on paper than them? They beat him in the playoffs, but I wouldn't feel good about saying that given Jones' situation and Barkley and everything else there. So, I don't know. I actually think they're going to start next year underrated 
because of how pissed off everybody was. That's right. That they achieved so much last. So season. what's what's the so if the win total was seven and a half, you bet the over. I bet the over. Yeah. Okay. All right. Which if, which is you probably nailed it. It'll probably be like eight. Yeah. So my Chicago Bears. What percent chance you give that they actually make the first pick in the draft? I can't wait to hear your answer to this. 20%. And I think that half of that is they don't have a trade partner. And so they just take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. And half of that is they shock the world and take a quarterback. And trade fields to Carolina for the ninth pick. Okay. What's more likely if they keep the number one pick? Defense or quarterback? Defense. Okay. I think that there is a chance that all of these quarterbacks are highly graded, but none of but their grades are close enough, and none of their grades are one one, that it ends up being like a like the 2017 draft, honestly. Uh, where most people had Mitch Trubisky as the top quarterback, then most people had it Mahomes, but some had it Watson, some had it Mahomes. You know, like it was, there's a mix. And, but what everybody agreed on was Miles Garrett's the best player in the draft. So no one thought a QB was going one, even though clearly if you redrafted, Mahomes would go one. I think, I think it's in play that Levis's inconsistent production and uh young size and Stroud's uh inconsistency with like when he would use his athleticism and the Ohio State quarterback thing he's not really that mobile but in the, in the Georgia game he was he kind of turned it on like Ohio State fans kind of feel like he just like never needed to in the Big Ten and then finally showed it, and they were like, "Man, if you would have done it, you would have been perfect." Yeah, like, where were you? Where was that against Michigan, buddy? W- right. Um, at least that's like the Ohio State fan narrative. But and then Richardson, like fat, like like I could see, I could see it breaking, where four quarterbacks go in the top ten, but none of them, no one's willing to trade up to one to have conviction on their guy. I could see that happening. Um, and obviously we don't know until the combine and all that starts happening where it's going to become a little bit clearer, but so if they use the number one pick, I think it's because they don't have a good trade down partner, but I, I think to be honest with you, like Houston would still probably trade like a second and a fourth to move up from two to one as just an insurance policy kind of like how Pace traded up from three to two. Um, everybody killed that except me. And obviously we killed it because they got the wrong quarterback. But like trading a couple of mid-round picks, if you have conviction to get your quarterback, it's just like taking out an, an expensive insurance policy on an expensive car. Like you don't you don't trade multiple picks to move up one spot to take a defensive tackle. But if you're like, I am locking in that Indy isn't going to trade in front of me to take my quarterback that I want. And then I have to play him twice in the division. Like I could see a a worst case scenario for Ryan Poles being trading down just one spot. 
uh, with Houston. So I, I think it's overwhelmingly likely that they trade down, but 20% that they make the pick. Well, next week is going to be fun for you because they're going to talk to these quarterbacks at the combine and the, you know, the, the not interesting take on that will be, well, that's just what every team does. You talk to all these guys, you know, every team does that, but come on, you're telling me that those interviews they do with young Stroud, Levis and Richardson, that they're not spending extra time or extra focus on that. They better be. No, of course, man. What, what I what I've said is, and I'm a Fields guy, but I I, I mean I've said it a hundred times. Like, I'll be devastated if they trade him. He's the most exciting offensive player I've ever seen wear a Bears uniform. That's not hyperbole. Quarterbacks bust out. He doesn't look like a bust. So it would be the ballsiest move I've ever seen a Chicago sports executive make. But Having the opportunity to select the top quarterback in a draft class is a rare opportunity. You would be negligent to not seriously consider it and seriously scout these guys because Fields is still a question mark. He didn't have Justin Herbert's rookie year. You know, he how many passing yards did he have? Twenty two hundred. Yeah, it was. It was. I think it was actually. I should have. I should. I should have that memorized. But um, it's embarrassing that I don't. But. Um, 2,600 maybe? Yeah. I know it's in that ballpark. No, it's yeah, 20, 2,250, 2,242. Kenny Pickett had more passing yards than Justin Fields last year. Think yeah, about man. that. Yeah. His his completion percentage ticked up to 60%. Now, he, it was – listen, I can give you every caveat of what went wrong, how they changed offenses basically in the middle of the season, the Claypool acquisition, the Mooney injury – the pass blocking grades on his tackles. Like I, you know, the, the not having a representative NFL center. Like I, I can, I can, I can go through the entire thing as to why it was what it was, but he's not a proven passer. He took yep. way too many sacks. He's got a long windup. He missed too many of the layups, but he also had 15 plays probably where you were like, Jesus Christ, I'm not sure if there's three other guys in the world who could have made that play. And so and he's got everything right between the ears. Like all of the like leadership stuff, the swagger, the intangibles. Oh like, yeah, I met him. I agree with you on that. He oh, look, he and that's what everyone says about Jalen Hurts. Like that he's that the work ethic and everything was perfect. So I'm so jealous of you. Oh, you've got a friggin' you've got the best like three months. Ahead it's so of you, great. Man. It's so great. I mean, the hypotheticals are endless, dude. I know. Someone nationally says something fucking stupid. Every every, day. Every day about it. Yep. Every day. (laughs) It's insane. It really is great. Uh, All right, man. Good stuff. All right. So we'll uh, do this next week. Subscribe, rate, review. You want to call it right now? What division are we doing next week? East? You want to get the South out of the way? Yeah, let's get the South out of the way. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, God, the NFC South is depressing. Um, all right, dude. All right. Thank you, Spencer Ray. He's Andrew Philponi. I'm Danny Parkins. Tell a friend about First and Pod. Thank you. Peace. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 